0: greenie with mike greenberg the podcast
1: back and better than ever greenie presented by progressive insurance guests on the goodyear hotline we are loaded up we've got imminent firings we've got winter solstices we've got terrible injuries and we have a person whose eating habits make absolutely no sense that is the menu it's time to go
0: here we go Only one place to start. Oh, and
1: the one place to start is with all the crazy things that seem to be going on around the National Football League and beyond. After a Monday double dip and leading into another one tonight, my buddy Dan Graziano, good enough to stick around in studio with the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Hello, Graziano. What's up, Greenie? How well, you been the last but, couple of minutes? Well, yeah, it's exactly right. We have just, it's been 60 seconds since we've <laughs> spoken to each other here as we just wrapped up a spirited edition of Get Up. And there's a lot of stuff that is going on out there. And I want to make sure that we, that we begin in the right place here. So Minnesota and Chicago last night play a game that was not as close as the final score yeah. would indicate. The Bears didn't score until the very end. And they got fans with bags on their heads and all kinds of stuff at the games in Chicago. So they've reached that terrible place. That all NFL franchises wind up in at one time or another, when the coach is still coaching, but yes. everyone knows he's getting fired.
2: Yes, I mean, is is it yeah. safe to say that? I, I think it's pretty safe. I mean, as a as a reporter, you don't always want to go out on that limb, right? You don't want to fire somebody. I think there's a pretty widespread expectation that, yes, that Bears coaching job is likely to come open at the end of the year. I think that's fair to say.
1: And so the end of the year, however, because Hembo pointed this out to me and I had had not really whenever they changed this rule, Mm -hmm. I didn't pay close attention to it. But Hembo pointed it out to me. And I think it does bear mentioning here that when you say the end of the season, there might actually be impetus To make a coaching change sooner than that because of a new rule. Can you explain to everyone what that is?
2: The last two weeks you can you can actually interview people who are on other people's staff. That is correct. Beginning next Tuesday, a week from today, right? Teams can if you have a
1: vacancy. Right. So the Raiders have a vacancy. They do. The Jaguars have a vacancy teams where we assume the coach is going to get fired so let's use chicago as an mm-hmm. example where else where else are we looking at the possibility
2: of I mean, coaching there's changes? a lot of sort of ifs right like right. The people are watching like if denver doesn't make the playoffs could they make a change if minnesota doesn't make the playoffs could they make a change but again there's still ifs the, are we the, watching giants, the giants we don't know exactly what will happen with the giants expectation is probably gm we don't know if the coach will be a, a yes or a no at this point uh, it sounds like they're leaning toward not doing it but again in three more weeks we, we don't know what will happen but so the point is yeah, that those in, in those places, if they
1: still have their coach in place, if I'm understanding the rule correctly, then they just have to wait till the end of the year to get in, fo- in front of this. But if they make the move this week or yeah. next Monday, for example, then they can start interviewing people as soon as next Tuesday. That'd be
2: interesting to see if, if teams will do that. Like, would you fire a coach with two games left just so you can get a jump on interviewing some of the guys you're interested in? I mean, it... it You could see it happen. Again, I don't know for a fact that you could see the logic behind it. Right. Because you know how in January, let's say you want to interview... Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, and let's say they're in the playoff, last year they're in the AFC Championship game. You had like a a one-week window, which is really only like a two- or three-day window because it's got to fit into his schedule, where you could interview him, and then you had to wait till after his team was out of the playoffs, and you don't know when that's going to be. Right. I think that does hurt some candidates every year, and this is designed to avoid that, but you're right, you'd have to create a vacancy, and that would be awkward it, it's a one-year trial that they're doing this rule so what happens is next
1: tuesday a team can request let's just use jacksonville because yeah. we know they have a vacancy let's say that their desire is to hire byron leftwich who was a franchise yeah. you know icon and all the rest of that and is now uh, running the offense in tampa bay they next tuesday could send a request to the buccaneers saying we'd like to interview him now right. the buccaneers as i understand this are free to deny that request correct but if they do not then they can set up an interview, and they could they could actually make this whole thing happen yeah. right then. This is a one year trial, I think, to try and avoid the kind of problem that you're talking
2: right. about. Right, and you could do it uh, via Zoom. Uh, you could uh, you could send like Jacksonville could send people to Tampa and do it on their schedule, which is what happens when you interview uh, candidates that are in the playoffs in January. So, but I think that what happened last year, they talked about this last year. I think the the proliferation of Zooms that was brought on by the the pandemic, right, the the ability to have meetings via video conference, I think that was something that, that is looked at as an asset in this process. You wouldn't necessarily have to go anywhere and set up anything formal. So we'll see if that winds up happening one way
1: or another. I, I don't like talking about jobs like that that are open. Like, I don't like sitting here talking about vacancies that don't exist yet. It's, sure. I wouldn't want someone doing that about me. And I don't right. love the idea of doing it about others. But it is impossible to ignore the situation in Chicago because it is such a it has been such a high profile deal They've got Justin Fields in there. It's been such an up-and-down year of trying to develop him. I really just
2: don't know what direction that thing is going to go. Again, it's just, I'm with you. That's what I was trying to get at initially. Like, I don't want to say someone's going to get fired. But Matt Nagy entered the season on the hot seat. Like, he had to do something this year in terms of winning. They haven't won. I think it's logical To to believe that there could be a change there. All right.
1: Greeny with Graziano here in our studio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Next order of business here would be the injury situation. And that you have the COVID situation, which is running rampant through the sport now. More so yesterday than literally any other day in its history. And then and you have the more standard injury situation which could very well have derailed a Super
2: Bowl team this weekend in Tampa Bay. Bad loss for Tampa Bay. The wide receiver, Chris Godwin, going to miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Also injured in that game, Mike Evans. And Leonard Fournette, the running back, who's actually second on the team in catches behind Godwin, been a huge part of why their offense has worked so well this year. It's not a season-ender, from what I understand, with Fournette, but he may have to miss a game or two. Uh, And if that's the case, the depth is... I mean, they have Ronald Jones that they like, but... You know, the the roster depth is a significant issue there. Uh, They moved down the depth chart in terms of wide receiver. Godwin's been very reliable. This is the kind of thing that uh, that it's the worst possible thing to happen at the worst possible time. One thing
1: I've said many times about not just in sports, but all successful people and all successful enterprises. If you refuse to acknowledge good fortune as part of your success, you're either kidding yourself or you're lying to someone. And the Buccaneers had good fortune, as the Super Bowl champion usually does. They didn't get thoroughly injured going into the postseason last year. That may have just gone in the opposite direction and may open the door for our friend Mr. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in the NFC.
2: I mean, they were right there last year. That's the team that Tampa Bay beat in the NFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. They're poised once again to have the number one seed. Obviously, they've got to finish that off. but. Yeah, trying to beat Aaron Rodgers back to back years in Lambeau Field in the playoffs is not something any team that that's not your first choice outcome, right? Like you'd rather have the game at home. You'd rather have the by yourself than have them have it. So yeah, I mean, this is this is why teams don't repeat, is because there is this element of good fortune, injury luck, uh, which they had last year and obviously are not having as much this year. They've been banged up in the secondary most of the year, too. They're just getting guys back there. So Uh, it's it's Tom Brady it's a group of players that won last year they know how to win you wouldn't want to bet against them but obviously their chances are diminished without one of their very best players
1: all right Greeny with you here and then Graziano maybe this is the most important piece although you keep looking down at your phone and I keep waiting here if you're getting texts okay because where there's there's, there seems to be COVID player news coming in like every three minutes all over the place if you have anything we need to hear let me know in the meantime we'll do this straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless straight talk wireless no contract no compromise. The season has been largely about Aaron Rodgers and his brilliance. The offseason was about Aaron Rodgers and all of the things that make him him <laughs> and whether or not this will be the end of his time in Green Bay. What, if anything, should we be assuming about his future beyond this and how what happens
2: the rest of the way will impact his decision? I would assume absolutely nothing. I think I think it's still... Likely that he's elsewhere next year, given the way they restructured the contract and how difficult it would be for them to keep him on that number, uh, and given given all we've heard from him about his da- dissatisfaction with the organization and how it runs, I-, I think it's likely that this is his last run in Green Bay. So, but I, I wouldn't assume anything because it's Aaron Rodgers, and he could certainly change his mind. It- it's. I think there's a sense that people have, like, if uh, if the super if they win the Super Bowl and everybody's happy and everybody makes up, maybe he stays. And I guess that's possible. But I just I really do feel like the issues run a little deeper than that. And again, when they brought him back and they restructured the contract, it was in a way that made. It, it, it untenable for the Packers to have him next year unless they give him an extension. Right. So it really is up to him to a great extent. Right. It, it, but that's the point. If
1: he decides he wants to stay, he can. He can easily make that happen, and it would be insane to assume They'd the have Packers to do wouldn't a new do deal, anything yes. they
2: had to do to make that work out. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Look, I mean, the relationships aren't great. I mean, like we we know this. Again, we're not assuming this isn't. Uh, anonymous reporting. This is Aaron Rodgers standing at a press conference in August and explaining the things about the Green Bay Packers organization that he disagrees with and dislikes. But Isn't it was it a long better? press conference. It was, but it, it, it no, feels I, like think, it's gotten better. I, well, what or has has happened? Because they traded for Randall Cobb. I don't, I don't think that's enough to no, but it He goes it on all. McAfee every week and he yeah. seems to be a little more relaxed about the whole thing. And
1: then he had the, the vaccination uh, kerfuffle yeah. that, that, and, and the organization backed him. And sometimes those things can go a long way. I don't know. It would be the ultimate the
2: ultimate boss move yeah. to win the Super Bowl and, and still leave. I'm out. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't... I see, we, get, we had this discussion all offseason. I, I know he's explained it, but I still don't understand from a big picture standpoint where else he'd rather be. That seems to be his best chance for short-term and long-term success. Yeah. If if
1: just trying to win a championship is his not only his primary goal, but his only goal then yeah that seems reasonable to say they're, they're as close as you can possibly be maybe he has other considerations and we will see all right Graziano stay close by you're the best thank you my man thank you Danny Graz with us here we've got a million things to do hey can I remind you by the way that DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL and if you sign up right now and use the code greenie you'll get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week with your first deposit minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com for details coming up up next my takes will include evidence that last night was the worst coached game of the season you'll hear why right after this it's greenie on espn radio
0: greenie the podcast
1: All right, the assembled members of the hashtag crew are here. Hembo is with us, Nuno is with us, and Bubba is with us as well as we work our way here towards the Christmas holiday this week and everything else and all of that. But we have a little data that we put together here, Hembo and I, this morning that suggests the scoop that we may have seen the worst coach game of the NFL season last night. Now, when the teams that play NFL games do all the little things well, we always talk about how well-coached they are, right? But I feel like when they don't, we don't usually put that on the coaching. So, Hembo, let, let, let's just go through all the things that the Chicago Bears did last night. And we will see if how many of these we think should apply to the coaching. Let's go. I'm ready to go.
3: Okay, Greeny, the Bears had six drives in opponent territory that resulted in zero points. That was their most in a game since 2015.
1: Six drives that went past midfield, that resulted in zero
3: points. That's number one. Next. The Bears had four unnecessary roughness <clears throat> penalties. That was tied for their most in a game this season, and the most for the Bears over the last 20. Undisciplined,
1: seasons. post-whistle, all that stuff. Now, I know a lot of people were very unhappy with some of the calls that were being made last mm-hmm. night. Lewis Riddick was upset about them on the TV. I'm willing to give them half a break on this. I might be willing to give others... More of a pass, but I don't feel like the coaching staff in this particular case has earned that benefit of the doubt. But let's go to the next one.
3: Okay, the Bears dropped four passes. That's their most in a game this season. I right,
1: mean, so you got the young quarterback, someone needs to help him out, and they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then one more.
3: Greeny, the Bears lost three fumbles. That was their most in a game Since 2016. So let's
1: go over this, okay? The Bears had six drives in opponent territory that resulted in zero points. They had four unnecessary roughness penalties, four drop passes, and lost three fumbles. They outgained the Vikings by almost 200 yards and were never in the game. (laughs) Like, I don't know how – Nuno, how how many times – I don't know how we could find this because it's not really a calculable statistic. But if you outgain the other team by 200 yards – you should at least be competitive I in the game. Up.
3: I'll look that up.
1: They were literally well, you could probably look up the record, yeah. The record of teams winning. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about you could I could see losing a game where you're out gained by 200. They were never in this game. <laughs> they didn't score. For anyone who didn't watch it last night, first of all, good for you, because it's three hours of your life you would otherwise never get back. But but they didn't score they scored that touchdown on the last play, literally the last play of the game. <laughs> They had no offense, no points. You just said it. Until the last play of the game, they got fans in Soldier Field sitting there with bags on their heads with the Jordan logo on it. <laughs> if Nothing could be more Chicago than that. So that's brutal. So I guess it, it, let me ask this question. You know, I'm going to bring uh, Bubba in on this because many of you may not know this. But, but Bubba, long before he began this now, I, I think, somewhat legendary career in radio production, Pardon me. Bubba was a a longtime member of of multiple very successful front offices in the NFL, the Lombardi Packers in the 60s, and then worked under Tech Schramm in Dallas when they were building America's team. So you understand the things about team building. So when you have things like that that happened last night, how much of that Bubba generally is appropriate to attribute to the coach?
0: Yeah, I'd say usually it's about one hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's yeah. on the coaching. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a lot of coaching last night. I <laughs> think uh, that was a, that was a coaching problem.
1: I mean, that's the thing. When, when the eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed, we always talk about what a great coach Bill Belichick is. Attention to detail, all that kind of stuff. And I will tell you what made me feel bad last night: the Bears' defense. They're playing like they're playing. They, they shut down Cook last night they're still kind of fighting out there and uh, this team is it's just over i mean the three teams that I, the two teams that i really care about in the sport are un, un, just unwatchable <laughs> unwatchable and this is supposed to be a great year for both we've got my team which is the jets and we've got you know my second team my wife's team which is the bears so we we all follow the bears closely in my house and you know between justin fields and zach wilson this should have been an exciting year even without the wins there was a way to get to. So the Bears have four wins and the Jets have three. There was a way for these teams to be at a combined seven wins right now and for us to feel entirely different than we do this minute. So it has been a disheartening road to seven wins between the two combined. I'm not sure I could figure out which franchise I think. It, who would you rather be right now? The Jets or the Bears?
3: That's an impossible question to answer. Well, it's not impossible. <laughs> there is an answer to the question. What is the answer?
1: What's the right answer? I guess I would say the Jairs. No, 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 no. That's not an answer to the question. The Bears or the Jets? Whose future is brighter right now? The Bears. And, and tell me why? The,
3: because I because I think they're going to clean house more than the Jets. I mean, the Jets aren't going to clean house at all. Well, right? You're asking a ridiculous question because there's very few redeeming qualities about either circumstance i mean the bears the best thing the bears have going for them is they have a quarterback that you kind of like that won't be coached by the current coach mm-hmm. and the thing that i like least about the jets is the fact that their current coach is going to stay with a quarterback that he hasn't been able to figure out yet so i mean i mean i obviously sound wishy-washy but it's a no I,
1: no a who's got question. the better situation right now the bears or the jets
4: not knowing who the bears are going to hire i would say the jets Really? See, I would say not knowing who the Bears are going
1: to hire, the Bears. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, unless they're going to hire Robert Salah. <laughs> I, I, I think the unknown
1: in this case is way better than the yeah, known. I agree. <laughs> you know, agree. Like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Like, I, I, that, let's put it this way if we're setting a bar at average, we're way below it, right? So if you just get average, if whatever you do in Chicago is you get average, then you're in a better situation than you are now
3: and then the other team. If is. I threw the Giants into this mix and added that team. See, you- the,
1: Giants, the Giants and the Jets have two things that the Bears don't, and that is first-round picks. The Bears traded their first-round pick to take Justin Fields to the Giants. <laughs> the Jets and Giants right now, as it stands, both have two top-ten picks. Right? I forget what number they are at Mm -hmm. this minute. Does someone have that in front of them? Pull it up. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm sorry. I got a little frog in my throat. They 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 both have two top ten picks. I think the Jets are like at four and seven and uh, meaning the fourth pick and the seventh pick.
4: Jets are four and eight, giants are five and six. Five
1: and six, yeah. So I mean and the Bears don't have any. So like that's good. But if you look at the recent history of the players that have been selected in those spots, it makes you a little bit less confident. Again, the unknown in this case is way better than the known. I agree. So I agree. That's it. But one way or another, that was a brutal game last night. Did you see anything? And we just talked about that new rule with Graziano. Like some owner out there is going to fire his coach sooner than later in order to get a chance to interview whoever it might be you want, whether it's Eric Biennemi or um, what's his, the, the, the Josh McDaniels or um, uh, Byron Leftwich. Or who, who is another hot coordinator? Todd
3: Bowles is someone that's going to be mentioned a lot. Graziano told me this morning. I don't know if there's going to be anybody that comes from the college game, but it wouldn't surprise me at oh, all. Oh, there
1: better not be anyone that comes from the college game. <laughs> Can you imagine someone hiring a college coach after what we've just seen? Like, who would it be? Ryan Day? Is he the only realistic option? Matt
3: Campbell from Iowa State is someone Graziano told me this morning would be like the number one college option. Doesn't feel that likely, to me at least. I, I
1: if Jim Harbaugh won the national championship, could you, like, I feel like
2: Jim, oh, that's fun. I feel oh, like Jim fun. has
1: wanted to go back to Michigan and, and sort of restore the glory. He's got them in the playoff. I, I, I don't think he ever would have left of his own volition before he did that, before he beat Ohio State, before he got them where they want to go. And again, this is pure speculation. Please do not put on the blogs. Greeny says he thinks Harbaugh is leaving. I'm merely asking the question because people forget Jim Harbaugh was not a good NFL coach. He was a great NFL coach. He had infinitely more success in San Francisco than he's had in Ann Arbor. Like, this year in Ann Arbor has turned everything Mm -hmm. around. So, I don't know. All I'm saying is I can't see a college coach getting back in the mix after what happened with Urban.
3: And also, I could... There's a chance Matt Rule in Carolina is fired, right? Like after it sounds like things have gone really askew there really fast.
1: Well, I mean they've made some very questionable decisions. The, the decision to pick up Sam's fifth-year option, which they by no means were obligated to do, then the way he's kind of flip-flopped on all the quarterback decisions he's made since then. They were three. I'm old enough to remember when they were three and zero. Mm-hmm. What are they now, 5-8? and
3: eight? And they fired the offensive coordinator that everyone was in love with a year ago?
1: And they couldn't, they couldn't find him to fire him on a Saturday. <laughs> they had to fire him on a Sunday because he was unavailable on a Saturday. So, I don't know. We'll see. One way or another, that whole dance is about mm. to begin. By the way, I want to remind you about the Listen to the Man in the Arena podcast, or I'd remind you to listen to the Man in the Arena podcast, which is a 10-part series exploring sports and the impact on our lives through the lens of Tom Brady. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. It's brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Need to finance a home like a pro? Rocket can do that. All right, next. Greenies Takes. Let's go through some takes here again. Hembo will ask me the questions that he, as a content producer for our TV show Get Up, asks all of our football analysts, and we'll see... If I can give some answers here that they did not. What is the first question you asked those guys today?
3: Greeny, Chris Godwin is out for the season. Leonard Fournette is week to week. How worried are you about the Bucks? Very.
1: I have said this a million times in a million different contexts, including myself. If you ever ask a successful person or the leader of a successful enterprise to name the reasons for their success, and if they do not include on that list luck, just good fortune, And they're either kidding themselves or they're kidding you. Luck is a huge part in everything. And in this case, championship teams almost always have good luck, which is to say they're almost never decimated by injury. And in one game, the Buccaneers may have been. Can they overcome the loss of Chris Godwin? Probably, because they're so deep. But that's a bad loss. Very bad. They could not overcome, in my opinion, the loss of Leonard Fournette. If Leonard Fournette, if that injury is one, he's got a hamstring, If that injury is one, I assume he'll try to play when the playoffs begin. But if that injury is one where he is not himself, to me, that is a major difference maker. He has been like an MVP caliber player the second half of this season.
3: He's on pace for 300 touches.
1: He's been brilliant. And they will not be the same without him. I think Mike Evans is fine. Uh, Or at least everything I'm hearing is that he should be fine. And they'll win their last three games. They play Carolina twice and the Jets. So they'll win their last three games without those guys. But I cannot see them making it back to the Super Bowl without Leonard Fournette. And when you're them, anything short of the Super Bowl would be a disappointment. What's next?
3: Greeny, over the last seven games, the Cowboys have scored 15 touchdowns on 85 offensive drives. How worried are you about that offense? I am.
1: I'm worried you'd have to be crazy not to be. And, you know, Bubba, I said this on TV this morning. Like, I'm not a big believer in coincidences, Right. Like Whenever someone tries to tell me something is a coincidence, I'm always very skeptical. So Dak Prescott was having an MVP-caliber season. Oh yeah. Then he hurt his calf. And immediately he has no longer been having an MVP-caliber mm-hmm. season. He has actually been someone who we are worried about. Now, that could be a coincidence. But I have a hard time believing it is. Baba, how about you?
0: I would agree. I, w- I would uh, agree with your sentiment about coincidences. It's hard to feel like there's, they're not related in some way. Now, there are other weird things, like I've said, going on with the offense that I can't pinpoint with, whether it's Kellen Moore's play calls and other things, but if we're looking strictly at Dak, yeah, I mean, you got to look right back to the calf injury and say that's got to be the starting point when things went downhill.
1: Yeah, it, it does. It's almost impossible to imagine that he's fully healthy and has regressed so much so quickly. And I get that there hasn't been continuity there. They've had offensive line injuries and Amari and CD and D, uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard. I get all that. But he just doesn't look like himself. And I have to believe injury is a piece of that. All right, skip to the last one because I want to spend some time on this.
3: Have we seen the last of Daniel Jones as a Giants quarterback?
1: Well, for that, I'm going directly to our vice president of New York Giants a passionate fandom. And that is the one and only Hashtag Nuno. You have been calling for them to put Daniel Jones on the on the shelf, on the injured list for quite some time you know, to, to end his season, which they have done. The question is... Have we seen, and we can lose the music on this, Bob's. We'll just live in this for the rest of the segment. Have we seen the last of Daniel Jones as the New York Giants quarterback?
4: I see. I believe we should have because he hasn't shown enough. Um, however, reading things and if Joe Judge is coming back, it sounds like they're sold on him, and they are. Maybe it's just lip service that I think they will go <clears throat> into next season barring a trade for Russell Wilson as he as the starting quarterback.
1: You know, I was driving around yesterday. I was listening to ESPN Radio in New York, and Chris Carlin and Peter Rosenberg were hosting the afternoon show. And they made an interesting comparison, which I think is a good one. Um, It's actually a terrible one if you're a Giant fan, but it is an apt comparison. And that is, with Daniel Jones right now, if you're the Giants, you are in exactly the same place the Jets were in with Sam Darnold a year ago which is to say you have high draft picks, you have no answer after three years, and you have to make some decisions. Now, the Jets made wholesale changes and decided to change their coach along the way. They also had obvious quarterback picks. Whether Zach Wilson winds up having been a good pick or not, it was an easy decision to make. You had a quarterback there that people were telling you, you got to take, you got to take, you got to take. There will not be that guy in the top 10 of this year's draft. So it isn't exactly the same, but... Daniel Jones' situation right now, where, he, where they are with him specifically, Nuno, do you agree that it perfectly mirrors where the Jets were with Darnold a year ago? I, I'm, I'm forgetting now they made another good point, which is there were a million excuses to make on behalf of the player if you wanted to. Like, I was making all the same Darnold excuses. He never had a chance. The coaching staff was terrible. The weapons were terrible. All that stuff. With the Giants, you could do the same thing. Questions about the coaching staff. Fire the offensive coordinator. The weapons are not good. The offensive line is terrible. So you can put as much or as little of the struggles on the quarterback as you choose to do. So I think it's a pretty good comparison. What do you think, Nuno?
4: I would say that's that's the easy comparison. The only difference is – Uh, Jones and the injuries that he has versus Darnold missed some time, right? What was it for? It was like for Mono and things of that nature where Jones has had high ankle sprains, obviously this this strained neck. Uh, So he's had really serious injuries. That's good. So I think that, I think at that point is where I would say, all right, maybe the comparisons aren't completely there because this guy can't stay healthy. That's fair.
1: That That is actually a good point. Daniel Jones has not – if availability is the most important ability, he has most certainly not demonstrated that he has that. So I'm making you the general manager. Someone's going to be. Um, would you? What would you do with Jones? You, you have three options. You could just decide you're moving on and do something totally different. You can pick up his fifth-year option and run the course – you cannot pick up his fifth-year option, bring in some competition, and see what happens in training camp next year. Which way are you going?
4: Well, the first one is I'm calling Seattle, and if that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. I am then I have to then decide is I'm not picking up the fifth-year op- option no matter what. Even if I have some faith in him, I am not doing that. I would rather franchise tag the guy after the, the fifth-year and go through that. If he the, If he takes that next step, it then becomes – Do I believe, and unfortunately they might, you know, if Gettleman sticks around, which let's hope that doesn't happen, he might believe that they're close, is, is there a guy out there? Is a Jimmy G type of guy, is a Kirk Cousins type of guy, Derek Carr, like, is that enough of a uh, jump for the franchise to make that type of trade, if you can't get Russell Wilson, so I think my one and one B will one A one B will be to try to make a trade for someone who can upgrade that position.
1: All right, we'll see. We, we what we are here on this show are passionate fans of our teams. And so when our teams are in the news, you will always hear directly what a fan's perspective is. I'm Greeney. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. We will change up the subject matter significantly next. One of the dumbest ideas in all of sports was executed worse this weekend than it has literally
0: ever been before. Greeny, the
5: podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around...
1: Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com/giftfinder today. That's Macy's.com/giftfinder. Hambo, how vividly do you remember? You're a married man. How vividly? I mean, yours was pretty recent. How vividly do you remember your marriage proposal?
3: Oh, very vividly, and I was exceedingly nervous in the build-up. Yeah, quickly. I can
1: see that, and you don't need to share the details of it because they're not relevant to the story. But the point is, would you describe it? As a very personal moment between you and your now wife, Lizzie. Why is Rich laughing at that? What is funny about that? Why why are you laughing? It's a personal moment. I'm not asking to get into the details because of the personal nature, potentially, of the moment. You don't have to share details of it.
3: Yes, you obviously don't want any details.
1: Well, what I'm trying to say is they aren't germane to the point of my story. You remember it well. You remember it well. That's it. And was it an intimate and private moment is what I'm trying to ask you. Very much so. It was an intimate and private moment Mm -hmm. the two of you shared that you will have with you for the rest of your lives. I too had that. It was a long time ago. Mine at this point was, what's that, 25 years I guess at this point almost that I proposed marriage. But it was also a private and personal moment and I have told you many times.
3: I need you to listen carefully.
1: I just want you to know. I hate the stadium proposal. Not a fan of the stadium proposal. Don't like the arena proposal. Don't like any of that. This is not a moment that is meant to be shared with tens of thousands of strangers. It's just not. If you could fill the building with everyone you know, then I guess I could see that turning it into a celebration. But when you've got all these other people who are going to be like, "Oh, how nice for you! Get that guy <laughs> out of there!" Like, no one's fun. This is not your moment. You're at a ball game for crying out loud. I hate the stadium proposal, the arena proposal. We used to do this on the old show all the time. This is the bone, a cause of much uh, 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 dissension amongst others. Some people love the proposal. They love the stadium proposal. Well, I, look, if that's for you, okay. I hate it. Not a fan. But perhaps we can all agree. That never before has it been executed worse than it was in Miami on Sunday. So the message goes up on the screen. A scoreboard proposal at Hard Rock Stadium. My understanding, it was a Jet fan who did this. They put it up there on the screen. They put up there, will you marry me? You know, with the people, all that kind of stuff to name. And then the problem came in. The camera knew where the, the couple was sitting, right? They had planned this ahead of time. So, boom, they zoom in on the woman, and she's sitting there by herself, described as, quote, sitting there hand over mouth. The dude wasn't there. The guy's stadium proposal goes up on the screen, and he is God knows where. If he was at MetLife, maybe he was getting his free medium soda. (laughs) But you can't explain that in Miami. Now, there's only like nine people at that game. Did you see when Christian Wilkins did the jump into the stands at that game? There almost wasn't anyone sitting in the best seats (laughs) to catch him. So no one is going to this game in Miami. But this guy manages to miss the stadium proposal. I ask you, Bubba, is that the worst execution of a terrible
0: idea in the history of
1: our civilization?
0: I think that's up there. I'm I'm, I'm willing to probably put a top five. I think there's pro- if we probably dig, we can probably find worse. But I'm <laughs> I'm definitely putting a top five for sure. I'm not sure how much worse. The other problem- I think we can probably find worse. If I we don't really know. Look for it, see here's a, I'm going to list all the. Top th- five, Do you like? Are you a fan
1: of the stadium proposal? Oh no, it's,
0: it's ridiculous. Ugh. The it's so arena stupid. proposal. I mean, half of them are generally fake anyway. I'm. Uh, this- are they fake? This does appear to be. I think. L- I think this is, looks real. I, we're seeing some stuff after. A lot of times they tend to be fake. We find out later. Yeah, they're not real.
1: You're a fan of these, Hembo? No, no, no. Did this, you consider this at all? I mean, there's no bigger baseball fan in the world than you. I could see you having taken Lizzie to like a minor league game <laughs> somewhere yeah, in New do, Mexico. Did you do, do we know for I mean, sure yeah. that he
4: didn't do that? Would yeah. she would she be invited, though? Like, Hembo doesn't seem like <laughs> he would bring her along. You could have just like texted her.
3: That would, be, that would have been appropriate. I don't like It's this.
4: the seventh inning stretch. Will you marry me?
3: <laughs> Here's the problem. What? In weeks built leading up to my proposal, yeah. I sweat this thing out. I combed over every single detail. The possibility that. I would do this at a stadium in front of, in this case, like 10,000 people I didn't know is, is obviously very silly because it's not intimate. But also if I chose to do this for weeks, I'd be pouring over the exact time and place and everything about it that I would want to execute. So, like, is it, is it, we don't, I guess we don't know for sure where he was, but like it, I would Do we know have, anything I further, have gotten out of my seat. There's have we no done chance. any
1: further digging into this? I saw, I saw a story in the Post. Unless we have data or information Dad, that Dad. suggests he was deathly ill, I mean, he, he would have to have... Okay, let's actually go this way. What emergency could have arisen that would cause you not to be in your seat... When your stadium proposal went up. <laughs> like, what would what would someone have to have called you and said? There's no way you're going to the bathroom. I don't care how badly you have to not go to the, to the bathroom. The bath, not to you're not bath. going to the bathroom. Or, if you were agree. ever holding it, you're holding it then.
3: Oh, in your life, I'm not getting up to eat. I'm not getting up to drink. Right. You're shaking in your seat waiting for this to happen. Right. Where
4: did he go? That's what I'm asking. It's not possible. And why did he go so, there? Okay, so apparently there's... Uh, he... There's a video where he was actually waiting in the hallway for his cue to come out, and he came a little late. What? Yeah, so, like, I guess, you know, he obviously had everything planned, and and I'm assuming with the stadium staff and things of that nature, and so he was waiting for a cue to come down and, uh, he, you know, to pop out, and, like... And it never came. It never came. So...
1: He went so far as to actually create a cue, like that, that he was going to enter like anyone. See, that's the problem. Like when you propose marriage to someone, I have experience in this, Hembo, you have experience in this. That's a very, very, very big moment, but only for you. Like no one else around you is all that excited about it. So if you think you're entering like you're freaking Ric Flair... Like walking in the building and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, here comes Biff and he's about to propose marriage to <laughs> Sue." The, the, the whole world is gonna be like, "Just get on with it!" For crying out loud, it's second and six, so that the whole thing is a terrible idea. It should be done away with, in my opinion. And the execution of it in this particular case oh, is setting a new lo- what? What do you, you?
3: I think this is even worse than him just essentially being negligent. All right,
1: to we'll continue in just a moment. It's Greeny on
0: ESPN Radio. <laughs>